You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there, friends. It is so good to have you with me for another episode of Life Repurposed. Today, I'm going to be talking to a guest. She's one of the authors in the Life Repurposed book, which is a spinoff of this podcast. So you want to check that out because just like featuring the stories of people here throughout the episodes over time, I'm also doing that in a book form. So it's just a way for you to be inspired even more and to have 34 other women tell you their stories. So today I'm talking with Susan Macias. She's a writer and a speaker and a teacher who works to train up an army of women in the second half of life to serve the kingdom, confidently follow Jesus, and fight offensively in prayer for their families. Her award-winning book, Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power, is available on Amazon, as is her devotional, 31 Days Praying for My Daughter. We're going to talk about those in the resources section of this episode. And if you're looking for links directly to those to find any of the resources we talk about here, you will find those at michellerayburn.com slash 97. And so that'll be on my website. We talk in this episode about some of the things that Susan has come through, some of the ways that she has seen God provide for her needs over many years of moving around often as a military wife, as a mom who has homeschooled her kids, and now as a writer and a podcaster herself. So we talk about all of that. We get into that heartfelt discussion in this episode. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my friend Susan Macias. Welcome, Susan. I'm so glad to have you here to chat with me today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. So where are you joining us from? I am in San Antonio, Texas. So where it's been warm, except for did you get some snow over the winter? Oh, we got snow. We lost our power for six days. Our water well busted, and it took us two weeks to get water. So we fully experienced the snowed event. You did. I'm in northern Wisconsin, and you've probably had a harder time of it than we have because homes here are built to handle winter. And, you know, we have like generators and equipment and stuff like that, but you probably weren't prepared for that. No. And, and our pipes aren't built in a way for that. Right. And, I mean, it just, yeah, we're not, we, we don't think of that. If we get, we get freezing temperatures, but only overnight, not right. for six, seven days in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of you all, you know, at first I'll admit I had that thought that some of the Northerners have about Oh, they don't. But then I realized this really is a crisis. This is a thing. You know, I I had empathy after the first day and realized this wasn't just an overnight snowfall for you. So so that's a hardship. And one of the things that I cover in the book Life Repurposed and on this podcast is talking about how God works through our hardships. So did you ever have a moment during that where you're thinking this was going to be some new writing material for you? Oh, definitely. You know, everything is writing material, you know, all of life. But I was struck. I kind of wrote down a bunch of um, just confessions. And one of them was just how much I take for granted, how much I I take for granted heat and electricity Mm -hmm. and turning on the faucet and flushing the toilet and having water and having free access to those things all the time. And how offended we all were that there were rolling blackouts and 
I've heard of those in other places. I've never really stopped, I don't think, to say thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just I just really had a conviction of ingratitude for everyday things. So that was a good, I'm sure something will either be on the podcast yeah. or, or a blog post about that soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great way of looking at it because sometimes until we experience something, we really can't walk in someone else's shoes. And in America, we might experience it on a short term thing like that. Whereas in another country, it might be somebody's way of life and it gives mm-hmm. us that new insight into something. That was one of my goals with this compilation book, Life Repurpose, was being able to tell other people's stories and to hear from women who have gone through all different versions of hardship. And you have your own, I have my own, and we can learn from each other's stories even if we don't walk through the same thing. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give away your whole story from the book because I want people to get the book, but we're going to talk about parts of it. And one of the things that really resonated with me was how you talked about how God provides down to even our basic desires, the little things we think he doesn't notice. You've Mm -hmm. been a military wife and moved around a lot, and that's part of your story in the book. Tell me a little bit about some of the things that God has taught you as you've moved. I don't know how many times have you moved? We moved 11 times in 20 years, (laughs) and now we've been in the same house here for 17 and a half years, and we're getting ready to move again for the first time. We're downsizing, Um, but the the moves really, really drove home to me the um, transient nature of of what we have here um, on earth. This is not our home, and that was a lesson the Lord taught me again and again. It was dwelling in Him was not the same as creating the perfect dwelling. Mm. Um, he was my dwelling and we are strangers, strangers and aliens. We're traveling through. Um, and I really learned that in that process. And then having set my roots down so long um, in this one spot that we're here now, um, it's been really hard for my kids to think about us moving. And, and mm. that's what I'm trying to share with them. But, but this, our family is not a place. Our home is Jesus. Um, And Mm. so those things don't change. And that was something that taught me. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, like now you've had a chance to make 17 year long friendships. What was it like to have to start over with friendships every time you moved? That was one of the hardest parts. Um, We didn't waste any time. So we would get in, we would know we had two years and we would get involved in church right away. And we would start having people over right away. And when we were in a military town, we, we found often the local people would be a little reticent because they were tired of saying goodbye to their military friends, but we would just get in there and do it. And, and we knew that was this, there, there wasn't any time to waste. And, and that's something I have to challenge myself with now because I don't have that, that, um, we're moving in a year and a half. I better have them over or I might not ever have them over. That isn't there. So, um, I have to push myself more than before. And I find myself getting lazy with that. And so that, that's a challenge to me now. I really enjoyed that. I miss so many people, but I also have these sweet friendships all over the country that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Did you ever have moments where you didn't want to get too invested in a friendship because it was you thought it was going to be heartbreaking to have to move? Yeah, as towards the end. And having had several heartbreaking friendships mm-hmm. and the Lord was very faithful to give us very soul friendships, you know, 
just where you just connect as families, the both, both of us, my husband and I would both be with the couple as friends and then the kids would play together. And, um, so I found towards the end, um, a little bit of separation, like having to tell myself, no, 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 this is worth it. These are eternal friendships. Just like, like if you're a friendship with the believer, it's not just where you are here on earth. That's an eternal relationship. And so it's, it's good to invest in it now. But I'd have to talk myself into that a little more towards the end. (laughs) I think 2020 has opened up a lot of our eyes to see how virtual connections can keep us connected. They aren't the same, of course, but we really can be intentional. I had a friend near me. She's about an hour away, but we really hadn't connected just because of quarantine and all the different things. And it suddenly occurred to me that, so what if she's only an hour away? We still could use Zoom. We still could have a conversation and just talk. So we did. And that felt good. Yes. I've even done that with my parents and they're local, but they were a little more careful because they're elderly and just wanted to make sure that, you know, so we'd have a couple of Zoom meetings with them sometimes, even with my kids, Mm -hmm. we had family dinner together, you know, on a Zoom and half of them were in town, but particularly towards the beginning when everybody was a little more careful. Right. Yeah. Well, my kids are school teachers, so we had to think about that. So, yeah. Uh, In the book, you talk about moving and looking for a very particular piece of furniture. And one of the, I'll give the takeaway from that. One of the takeaways was how much God loves us down to the little details. And I put that story last in the book because I really want to have people walk away knowing above all things that God loves us. Tell me how that has become part of your ministry, your speaking, your writing. I think it's very easy in the moment of frustration or heartbreak to um, to feel like God doesn't love us. Because if he loved us, he would do something differently. He would fix something. He would... And having those those moments and stopping to record them so I can remember them makes it where I can go back and say, okay, no, God loved me then in that very, very specific way, in a way that I wouldn't even have thought could happen. And so he's going to love me here too. And And what I feel right now is not all that there is. There is what he is. And so um, that has been something for me in in remembering those stories is to be able to remember them when I need them. And I try to encourage other people. That's, yeah, that's one of those words in scripture. Remember is over and over again in scripture. Because if we don't, we'll forget. And if we forget, we're in trouble. (laughs) Well, and the cool thing about your story is that God had the details already worked out. You just didn't know it. I think Mm -hmm. there's so many times where that happens, where we're thinking he's not providing for us and it's there. We just didn't notice it yet. Yes. Yes. I just was listening through um, Exodus. Do you have the Dwell app? The Dwell app I is don't. amazing. They, they read scripture. It's a paid I'll have app. To link but to that. Yeah. It's a great place to listen to scripture. And they have a little piano music going in the background. And they have lots of different um, people you, you can choose to read. And so you can get different accents and everything. It's very <laughs> cool. And I've been listening chronologically through the Bible. And I was in Exodus. And Moses is complaining to God. And I've always known Moses complained to God. And God said, okay, I'll send Aaron. But in listening to it this time, it's God got angry and said, I have Aaron for you. And there was a difference where I realized, oh, God had already prepared. It wasn't that Moses said, 
no, sorry, not going to work. And God had to come up with a second plan. He already knew he had Aaron for Moses in Moses's weakness, but Moses was too busy being worried about what didn't work. And so that really convicted me of trusting when there's a problem or something I'm I'm fearful of, instead of complaining, say, God, what's your solution? What, what yeah. do you have for this? I know you've gone ahead and prepared something because I've experienced that and I see it in scripture. So certainly there's something. I'll just wait and see what you're going to do. <laughs> that challenges my attitude. And it's not like where I come at it um, in the flesh. But, but remembering those stories of what he's done in the past helps me remember them in the present when it doesn't feel like he's working. Yeah. And that's where scripture applies too. You know, we might look at the Old Testament and we might say, well, that doesn't apply to us today, but it very much does because it's full of examples of people who God provided for. And so we can look at that and say, he provided then, he will provide now. And his provision doesn't always come in the same way we expect. Yeah. And I I do think that if we miss out on the Old Testament, we're missing out on how God has been providing for and leading his people all along and desiring relationship with us and telling us he wants to be our God and he wants us to be his people, that that is God's cry. And we don't want to miss yeah. out on that. That's an amazing sense of belongingness and identity and, um, and being held and being chosen and being loved by our Heavenly mm-hmm. Father. Yeah, and one of the cool things about doing that with other people, studying the Bible together, is you get each other's perspectives. I'm not in a one-on-one or a group Bible study or anything right now, but I do have accountability partners, which I think is really helpful to have somebody you can text when you need prayer for your stinky attitude. Yeah. I love having that. But Amen. yes, but having those resources, yes, because um, it has changed. There are people who are listening who over the last year, everything changed and they're not meeting with somebody in a Bible study and, and just looking for those resources. So we'll talk about yours in a second. But I'd like to know, is there a challenge you can think of in your life that you can pinpoint that really helped you to trust God more deeply? Yeah, we went through a really hard one. Um, in fact, my book the, on prayer was birthed out of it. And our oldest son got married. And 10 months into his marriage, his wife left him and just mm-hmm. walked away. And and we were totally, you know, that idea of believing God loves you. Um, I mean, I had done all these things, right? I had homeschooled him. I had, we loved the Lord. We took him to church. We did, we didn't do these things. We didn't watch these TV shows and God let the unthinkable happen. And, um, and God just dealt with me so much. There are many lessons out of that. One of which was, no, 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 you were doing those things to obey me. So don't make an idol of the results. And, Mm, and you, you're, you obeying is, is the actual thing. And so that was a big one that taught me. But the other was just that, that idea of the Betsy Tin Boom quote of, of there's no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Like when you Mm. go through the really, really awful and God's laying there with you in bed in a morning when you don't want to get out and you're just thinking about, well, I just, I'm just going to quit. Where's, where can I put in my resignation letter? And, and he's still there with me and he still loves me and he's still walking with me. And so as we come out on the other side, that story, I, I'm not saying it's good. It happened. I'm saying that story has been redeemed and used over and over in being able to share it with people. So, um, seeing how God doesn't waste anything, 
that yeah. he redeems everything. He repurposes, right? Everything. Yeah. Um, everything. That there's nothing so bad that God can't use it, at least for fertilizer, right? It can be yeah. really, <laughs> and it can be used for fertilizer. I mean, it is, it can grow his kingdom because he's never surprised. He's never going to leave us alone. And he's never just going to let it all be ruined. Without him, it's all destruction and ruin. With yeah. him, it is ruin that is redeemed. I love so. that perspective. Because like you said, we're not looking at it as if he purposefully put us in that difficult situation. There's certain factors that are just part of being here on earth. We can't prevent yeah. some of the things that happen. But I do love knowing that in the middle of it, it starts to change your perspective when something difficult comes along. You begin to have, you know, at first it's why me? And you wonder, one more thing, Lord. I mean, we t- that was almost how our attitude about 2020 was. You know, it's like one more thing. But then you start to go, oh, wait, here's another opportunity. I know mm-hmm. God's going to show up in this. So the question becomes, what are you going to do, Lord? I can't wait to see it. And Amen. so it, yeah. we don't love what we're going through, but I can't wait to be on the other end to be able to say, well, that's where he was. There he showed up. Yeah. And I think we have to trust him enough to know we may not see that until eternity. Like, yeah. you know, when we, there are things that I still don't know why he let happen, but yeah. I just trust that there's something. He's doing something mm-hmm. with it. I don't know what, mm-hmm. but you know, at mm-hmm. some point he'll let me know. But that goes back Even then in the to waiting. his character. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. While we're waiting, it, it also is for us, like if nothing else comes of it, it's what does he, what changes in me while I'm waiting for him to show me why this happened, even yeah. if it's just that perseverance. Yes. And, and that's another studying scripture point is that we see that he's just not in a hurry. He's like not mm-hmm. in, ever in a hurry. He, but he's fine. He's got it all under control and he knows what's coming and he knows what's going to happen. And we're thinking, when is this going to get fixed? And he's yeah. like, I don't know why you're <laughs> worrying about it. <laughs> just go be faithful. I'll, I'll let you know. Or, or your yeah. kids know or your grandkids know. You know, you be faithful. You teach the next generation to be faithful and you let me work this stuff out. Mm-hmm. I'm a control freak, so that's one mm-hmm. of the hardest things for me as a Christian. <laughs> Amen. So hard. I think as a mom, it's super hard because you work so hard with, I mean, you know, everything with your kids is is trying yeah. to direct and get medical appointments and solve problems and whatever, and 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 not being God for them and letting God be God in our own lives. It can be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, you're an empty nester, or well, they're all graduated, but you're not an empty nester yet, or are you officially? I have one still. Well, I actually have two at home. One gets married in two weeks, and then um, another one is still at home. But she's sort of that perched on the edge of the nest thing where she's, you know, adulting, but just hadn't <laughs> left quite yet, which is fine. We're not in a hurry to push her out. No, we didn't mm-hmm. push ours. Well, I kind of did. There were days where I'm like, just go already. <laughs> and then there were days where I'm like, come home. I never see you. I have two you know, boys. It though, is. So it's maybe. a little schizophrenic <laughs> to be at this stage. Yeah. They're like, what do you want? Do you want us there or not want us there? <laughs> yeah. That's part of the releasing. It is. So as you look back and you see yourself for the last 5, 10, 15 years, how, if you look back at who you were before, What's changed in who you are now? Well, yeah, I still struggle with worry. But now when I worry, it's sort of like 
like an alarm going off, like that, you know, there's an intruder alarm going off. And I, and I realize that when those things happen, um, that that's a sign to me that I'm taking on burdens that aren't mine and I need mm-hmm. to go to the Lord in them. Um, when bad things happen, um, I am less likely to just, you know, I do try to get in and fix, but I also real I also control that somewhat. I mean, I at least put on brakes because I am a fixer. I am a doer. I want to help everybody and have them not have problems. Um, and that's not my role. So I actually, I'm still learning that, but I, I hear the voice of the Lord more and I'm so grateful. This is one of those, almost those waiting things of, of all the time I've spent in scripture through the years where sometimes you think, I don't even know if I remember, I know I've read this book like five times and I don't even remember this verse, but it is the repetitiveness of going like you can't be in the word too much. And so now at this stage saying, oh yeah, that connects to that idea there. And I see this connected tissue all the way through the word of God. That's that that's an advantage of being in this stage mm-hmm. of my life, of having the years in the word. Um, that it, it just there's no shortcut to that. Um, mm-hmm. but having done that, I can see how how faithful God is and how true he is through his word. Um, so those are the things I think in this stage that I'm really grateful for. And just yeah. also uh, the things that were super important to me before, um, you know, like I like to decorate my house, but then there's part of me that goes to a point enough is as good of, as a feast is sort of one of my, my mantras now, how do we have enough without getting so drawn into something temporal? Mm-hmm. I think beauty, God cared about beauty. So I want beauty in my home. Um, but I also don't want to get so focused on that, that I miss out on people or on opportunities to minister or to write or to speak. I want those things to be the priorities um, yeah. at this stage. And I have grandkids, so that they get it. They get a priority, too. Yes, I know. That's hard to like. We have we have one and two on the way. And so, so it is hard to think like, what am I going to change about my life? So I make sure that my grandkids are a priority and they're not like pushed aside because I'm in all these other things that I do. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think a lot of our listeners can relate to. The book Life Repurposed is really written for that audience between 30 and 45. But of course, anybody will find gems that they can mine from there. But I was thinking in, of the woman who's in the middle of raising kids or she's single and launching her career all those things that come along with figuring out who am I? Is my parents' faith the same as my own? I'm wrestling with that. Where's God in my discouragement and disappointment? All those things. I think that as somebody who's on the other side of it, we're able to offer not so much um, like here I have it all figured out, follow my plan, but more I'm here to come alongside you. So as you've gone through quite a few years of marriage now and raising kids, what words of advice do you have for that person who's in the middle of that busy time of life, raising kids, figuring out life? Yeah, it's that it it is hard. You're not imagining it. I tell young moms that a lot and they kind of go, oh, good. okay." you know, because it's like there's a part of our society of like, oh, you're just raising kids. Um, And it's like, no, 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 that's hard. People are hard. And um and your kids are people. And so they're, they're difficult, it, but it matters and it's important. And all those little things that you choose your kids, um, maybe at night when you're really tired after a long day of work, but you choose to go in and lay on the bed with them and 
talk through their day or pray with them or those things. Actually, it's, it's lots of tiny little faithfulness um, added together and that it's worth it. It, it doesn't feel like it's worth it at the time, but it's worth it because it's all the tiny bits added together. It's not the, it's easier to have the one biggie and you get to see the accomplishment and, and this faithful Christian living through the decades with your family or your work or whatever you're doing. That's lots of tiny little moments and steps of faithfulness, but they add into something that at this stage, I look back and go, every one of those was worth it. And the times where I ignored that, now I'm sorry. I wish, you know, that's something I wish I could change. But it's okay. God can still redeem that. But it is worth it. It is yeah. worth it. And it is good on this side. It's good. It's good to persevere. There's a there's a whole level of stability for our family now because we persevered, whether it was in marriage when things were hard, whether it was with kids when you did want to say, I'm sure there's someplace else you could live. You know, I mean, there's teenage boys <laughs> just times where you think there is absolutely no way this is redeemable by the Lord. Absolutely <laughs> no way. And, and all of that, it, it's worth it. It's worth it to stay walking on that little narrow path with Jesus, holding his hand really tight and just trusting him for one step at a time. Yeah, it's beautiful. I know looking back, there were, I was such a perfectionist. I still am sort of, but I, I've tried to work through that. I wanted everything to be perfect, perfect kids, perfect, you know, fancy menu or perfect house. And my life was not the way I wanted it to be. So I do remember really struggling through those years when the kids were growing and thinking, I have to get myself together. Yeah. So we're here to say, if you feel like you need to get yourself together, it's okay to be where you are. Yeah, it is. And it's a, it, the, one of the biggest things I learned was that it's not a destination. Like heaven's a destination, but like I kept trying to get my house organized, but it's just a continual effort. You know, it's like laundry. You don't ever get to the completion stage of it. Right. Because you have to keep doing it. And that's but someone's how always all, wearing clothes. <laughs> they're always, as you are washing clothes, people are getting stuff dirty. And as you are washing dishes, somebody comes in and is still hungry again. I mean, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's not a destination. It's just steps of faithfulness along the way. Well, you have some resources that you offer for listeners. So tell me about your podcast first. Yeah, it's called We're Not Done Yet, and Answering God's Call in the Second Half of Life. And it's really directed at that emptiness mom who is sort of going, I don't know what I'm doing now, or maybe discouraged because they feel like things didn't turn out like they'd hoped and just, you know, not really finding that purpose. And I believe there's this entire regiment of God's army sitting um, idle and that we need to engage in our churches and with young women and with families and and really hear what God's call is for us in this season of life, that it's very, very strongly needed in where we are now. And so um, that's, it's right now, it's uh, solo episodes, just going through different ideas of what is a calling and how do we answer that and how do we um, keep going with the emptiness that has whole new challenges. I didn't really dread the emptiness, but I do find things that are hard about it. Um, mm -hmm. and some things that are nice about it too, by the way, but you know, it's, it's figuring out those things. And, um, so I just want to really help women hear and find that call. Yeah. So where can people listen to that? 
on, I think, all the places. It's on Apple or Amazon or Spotify. And if you just look up We're Not Done Yet, um, it, it should pop up. Okay. And then you also have a book that I want you to tell us about. Yeah, it's called Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power. And it was birthed out of that very traumatic event of, of my son's divorce. And um, it goes through Philippians 1, 3 through 11. And God used that scripture in that crucible time to really transform my prayer life. And so it's going through and, and, and it's a, it's a mind change and a heart change. And then it leads to changes in prayer. And so, um, really it's, it's birthed out of my heart. I've had a lot of women, particularly when they're struggling with kids, just say, wow, this transformed my prayer life because it's scripture. And so, that's what God's word does. Um, and so it's really getting a good mind on what, what is prayer? How do we do that? And how do we do it effectively? Um, God calls us to pray all through scripture, hundreds and hundreds of verses about prayer. So I don't know why he lets us pray. I mean, in reality, like he doesn't need us yet. He lets us participate through prayer and it's powerful. So that's just a call to prayer. And then I have a prayer journal called 31 Days Praying for My Daughter, which also goes through um, some scripture to pray on specific um, character qualities and things for our daughters. So tell us where we can find you on the web. Um, I just at my name, SusanKMessias.com. And I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm not on there much, but I'm on there. So Facebook and um, Instagram are the places to connect with me or on my website. And I'll make sure I have a link in the show notes too, so you can get to Susan's website. As we wrap up, Susan, what would you like to leave with our listeners? I think just to reiterate the point that I said before, you know, God doesn't waste anything. I love the idea that you have of life repurposed, that he repurposes everything. You're even the worst mistake or the hardest pain. Um, they're not trash bin moments. They are places of his glory ready to be shown. And he loves you in the middle of them and he will lead you out of them. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I appreciate it. You'll find links to all of the resources that Susan and I talked about on this show in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 97. So you want to go there to get those links. You can get the resources that Susan talked about and some extras there as well, including the Life Repurposed book where you'll be able to read Susan's story and 33 others from authors who have written about how God has shown up and brought them through some of the most difficult things in life. I invite you to join us in the Life Repurpose community on Facebook that is still growing. There we talk about the topics from each episode. You have some opportunities to give input into future topics for the show. Just a place for us to gather somewhere where I can be out from behind the microphone and be a little more interactive with you and hear your perspective back to me. So please do look for Life Repurposed on Facebook and join the community. Thank you so much for being with me today and hearing Susan's story. Next week, I'll be back with another solo episode where I talk about a relevant topic in everyday life, something that helps you to discover your life repurposed. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. 
Thank you so much for listening. 